everybody. Hi, friends. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on the show today, Dan, I'm so sorry, Dan. I'm <laughs> I'm so sorry. You are forgiven. I, oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> we're going to be talking about apologies. And, and what we're, what we're going to be talking about is how fucked up and wrong the Bible is mm -hmm. about uh, about forgiveness and about apology. Yeah, about yeah. about when you when someone has wronged another person. Yeah. The Christianity is fucking bass-ackwards about it. Frank pointed this out to me today, and it blew my damn mind. <laughs> so uh, prepare for your mind to get blue. No. Yeah. This is this is this is a Franklin special coming at you. Brace yourselves, everybody. It's gonna be good. <laughs> All right, Dan. Yeah. A certain imam in Iran uh, mm. by the name of Muhammad. Mehdi Husseini Hamadani. I'm very familiar. Uh, he is the uh, Imam of Karaj. Mm. Um, he has come out uh, with the reason why. He knows the reason why there is an ongoing drought in Iran. Oh. He has it all figured out, Dan. Oh. Um, this could be useful for us here in the West. So it it really could I, be. I, I'm all ears. Um, apparently... It's due to the lack of hijab observance. Mm, it is the women's is. fault, everybody. And their, their hair showing, it's causing it not to rain. Well, if there's one thing clouds hate, <laughs> it's looking down and seeing hair. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> um, yeah, he says, um, he describes... Anyone, this was, this was during, um, Friday services, uh, this last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, he said, uh, he described anyone who unveils in public as an enemy, mm -hmm. uh, that all sure. such people must be confronted by the state. Surely not uh, people. Surely you're just talking about lady folk. <laughs> Quote, it is not possible to imagine that we are living in an Islamic country. When we enter some institutions, shopping malls, pharmacies, etc., uh, he said, calling on the authorities to warn shops and malls uh, that serve women who have removed their hijab and close them down if warnings do not suffice. Oh, my God. Um, apparently, this is not he's not the first person to, to, to come no. across this idea. Prosecutor General Mohammed Jafar Montazeri in 2019 said the judicial system does not allow women to unveil in public because it causes natural disasters such as floods and earthquakes. <laughs> this is the prosecutor general. Holy That's shit. That's amazing. Um, let's see. Yusuf Tabatanabajad. He's, um, I think you nailed all of these pronunciations. So by the way. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, he's a representative, uh, Ali Kamenei's uh, representative in the central city of Esfahan, uh, said in 2016 that women who unveiled and took photos, quote, like Europeans, are the reason the city's river went dry. And he added that if it continues, the headwaters will also dry up. Okay, then explain why <laughs> Europe isn't having the same trouble. Oh, Europe has its problems, Dan. Its rivers are drying up. Yeah, I think 
Dan, I think honestly, I'd like to point that uh, out. This one would be, be an easy. Something. It would be super easy to test <laughs> the uh, the weather patterns and uh, mm. and sort of natural disaster uh, patterns yeah. of the the hijabed versus the unhijabed yeah. countries of the world. Well, they're not having it. It is clearly women showing off their hair and taking photos like Europeans. That's the problem. You know, the ding dongs of the world are the same the world over. This is this is just <laughs> Pat Robertson. Yeah. With names that Frank can't pronounce. <laughs> That's totally true. That's uh, clearly, is. the problem is climate change, exacerbated by uh, apparently some uh, public policy that hasn't really gone terribly well. I guess they're they've been encouraging water thirsty crops like rice. Oh, great. Um, yeah, Which that's what you need to be It's not growing. a great idea. Um, there's also been some issues with some dams that have been built that have caused, I don't know, rivers to run dry maybe. And uh, stuff like that. You know, We wouldn't know anything about that here in the American West. Couldn't possibly be that. Oh, yeah. No no kidding. We, all, of our water, all, of, all of our water policy is solid. <laughs> Just spot on yeah. here. Fair enough. But at least we're not blaming women. Right. For not covering up. Yeah, we're the problem is that the fault it is it is directly the fault of white men. Mm-hmm. So we're not blaming anybody. <laughs> that's that's the policy here. Surprise, we're not scapegoating though, right? We should be. We should be. Women, but, you know, showing showing their shoulders. Let's, showing their but knees. Let's get out in front of it and say that it's the fault of men and their ties. Oh. Every man who wears a tie is contributing to the drought. In the I West. like this one. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, all right. So um, speaking of the American West, uh, hmm. in El Centro, California, which is the middle of fucking nowhere, right next, right near the Mexican border. It's in El Centro of nowhere. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> Translation joke. Zing. <laughs> uh, so El Centro, we, I think we talked about this uh uh, a year or two ago, um, some allegations came out about uh, a, a guy named Victor Gonzalez uh, and some other people in the Imperial Valley Ministries, hmm. uh, which is a non-denominational church in El Centro, hmm. okay. where uh, basically... Uh, here's what so okay, he's been sentenced. He, he is going to, to prison for... Uh, not that long. It's a surprisingly short amount of time, like six weeks, six months or something like that. But what he was, what he was, uh, what he was charged with. And this was, this was, you know, I, th- I think what he did was plead guilty and they, it, you know, they plea bargained down to benefits fraud. Um, okay. What the, the charges that were dropped and this guy got a sweetheart deal. I don't understand why he got such a sweetheart deal. His wife was also uh, sentenced to time served. Um, here's what they did. They got a whole bunch of people who were probably, it doesn't say this, but they were probably immigrants who had come across the border from Mexico okay, uh, and had nowhere to go and had no way to get food and they were ha- really struggling brought them into the church, said, hey, we'll feed you, we'll take care of you, blah, blah, blah. Just give us your IDs and sign this paperwork saying that you won't uh, go against us or whatever. I remember this. Yeah. And then they forced them to go and panhandle for up to nine hours a day. (laughs) Yeah. 
six days a week. Oh God, it's wretched. And then they took the money and just sort of they kept it. They pimped them as a, as as a, sort of a forced labor. Oh, it's so uh, gross. And wouldn't let oh. them out. Oh. Threatened them with starvation oh if they God. didn't do what they were told. Yeah. They didn't have their any identification. They didn't have anything. This was all sort of owned by uh by the church. Mm. That's and wretched. to top it all off, yeah. and this is what they got them for, they took benefits that were intended for the victims, like the SNAP benefit, which is a supplemental nutrition assistance program. You know, it's food benefits. Huh. And they kept them. To the tune of over $100,000. That takes a special person to do something like this. Right? An especially bad person, right? Like, it's... Wow. To be like, oh, here are people in need. I am a pastor of a church. I think slavery is the answer here. (laughs) I think this this serves all everybody's needs perfectly well. Oy, oy, oy. Yeah. So just, he got, how long did he get? Did you say? Uh, six. So six months uh, <laughs> in jail. <laughs> no. And then six more months of home confinement. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sweetheart so, deal for sure. Holy and, crap. Yeah. And his wife uh, was given a time served sentence. What? Which means that it would, it's absurd. This is absurd. This just goes to show that like in the American justice system. Yeah. It, what matters is who the victims are. Who the and in vic- this case, yeah. the victims didn't count as people. Who the victims are, and I'm sure it helped that he was a pastor. Right. Even though he violated, like, it should be a more egregious crime. 100%. Because he's violated what it, what it sh- should mean to be a pastor. What, what the mandate is, is meant to be. Like, yeah. when we as a society give these people tax-exempt status, yeah. which we probably just shouldn't do. Right. They're taking on a greater responsibility yeah. than just a job. Yeah. And so he he absolutely violated that, and there should, the punishment should fit that crime. I think yeah. there's a crime there that's just not being recognized or seen that's like, yeah. All right. And also, like, the big, the big violation... The the violation for which he was actually sentenced wasn't about what he did to these people. Oh. It was about what he did to the state. It was about Yeah, you're right. Yeah. How he swindled the state. Who cares about what happened to the actual victims right. of of this guy? It's about oh, but you brought the state into it, so <sighs> yeah. Naughty naughty. <laughs> Well, Dan, my next story, uh, this was something that was just bound to happen. This was absolutely bound to happen based on uh, the continued fervor over drag queen story hours that keep that keeps happening in this country. Right. Oh, God. Some nice drag queens decide they want to go donate some time at the library reading to kids. Right. And they have because a good- there's because that's going to be fun. Right. For everyone. Yeah. They get dressed up. The the parents and the kids are, they're all in the know. They know what they're going to and it's fine. Right? Yeah. Well, we know not everybody thinks it's fine. Uh, there's a pastor in, uh, Arkansas by the name of Owen Strachan. He is a, he's an author and, uh, he's a pastor at 
Grace Bible Theological Seminary. Um, he's going to be hosting a biblical story hour for children at um, a library in Conway, Arkansas. And uh, he's going to be reading a picture book to children about God's design of the sexes. Um, oh, so yes, of course he is. Right. Um, of course. He is. <laughs> Which will probably be far less appropriate age appropriate for these kids <laughs> true. than any drag queen story hour or whatever. That's be. probably totally true. Uh, he estimates that about 50 to 75 people will attend since he has promoted the event on Facebook. Um, and he's got uh, so many great responses. He says, I think there's a real hunger for the compassionate, but clear witness on the part of God's people. Um, we are the ones who are called to be like Christ and Christ is the one who welcomes the little children to him. We simply, so we simply want to do that in a small way by having a story hour at a public building, a building the taxpayers like us pay for and to welcome people and give them an opportunity, especially in a confused climate like ours Mm. to hear the truth about boys and girls (laughs) and the truth about the gospel of Christ. Thank God. Oh, Thank boy. God this guy is out there saving the children. <laughs> no Good kidding. Lord. That is, uh, it's so important. And, and I, I'm going to call out one thing also that he says here. I hate, I hate this concept. He's like, you know, he he's going to do this in a building that taxpayers like us pay for. Oh, Fuck God. you and being a taxpayer. You're not a, you, great. <laughs> right. Like you're. I hate this whole reframing of being a citizen into being a taxpayer. Right. Right. Like, because also taxpaying is not equal. And if you follow the logic out, then that suggests that there are people who are, who deserve more or deserve less or their claims on things are, are more or less legitimate to public spaces and whatnot. You are a citizen. Right. Yeah, it, and you have yeah. a responsibility to pay your taxes. You did not pay for that library. The government paid for that library. Well, not for nothing, but this guy probably doesn't even pay taxes. <laughs> That's probably true. He's a priest or a pastor <laughs> or whatever. probably true. He doesn't pay taxes. You, you don't get to say that. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, well, Dan, the story continues. Oh no, um, there's more? There's more. The, uh, the Faulkner County Coalition for Social Justice has announced that they've also scheduled a story hour later the same day yeah. to counteract uh, and to, quote, drown out the hate of the pastor story hour. They've, uh, they, they, they're sort of short on details. Uh, they, uh, they know that, um, that they're going to be there. Somebody's going to be reading. And it's uh, going to be uh, a story. Let me see. They had a list of of groups. Uh, they're going to make sure that the stories read to the children feature persons of color, different genders, right. different sexualities. Let me ask you this: where Where is this again? Gender and trans. Uh, this is in Arkansas. Where is it? So I know we have listeners go. that are in the area. Yeah. Please do your damnedest to make sure that that story hour beats the pastor's story hour in terms of attendance. I, I Yes. Whenever you hear about the, unfortunately, I think this is happening basically as we're recording. Oh, okay. Um, well, but, um, go back in time, everybody. <laughs> 
but that's good advice in general, right? Like, like you hear about this stuff. It's probably good to go support it if you can. Show up. Yeah. All you have to do is just be a number. Be a number in the head count. Yeah. And that, and that can be enough. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to give your name. Just be there. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, uh, since we're in the, the area, I'm going to go next door to Kansas. There was so a few, a couple of years ago, um, after about four years ago, after Pennsylvania kind of shook everybody's world by doing a, an investigation to see how many, how, how much, how problematic is Catholic priest abuse anyway, really? And, <laughs> and, it, and everybody's jaw dropped to the floor mm-hmm. when they actually came out with the real numbers. Um, others, a few other states do- dove into the same thing. Uh, and Kansas is one of them, surprisingly. The uh, so the Kansas Bureau of Investi- Investigations or the KBI Ooh. did a four year investigation into Kansas's Catholic churches, and they uh, they didn't come up empty handed. They <laughs> they may have discovered a thing or two. Oh no! Um, of the so you know Kansas is not our most populous state. It ain't got a lot in terms of population. Do you want to take a guess at how many alleged predators? This is the number of uh, of Catholic predators. There are four dioceses in Kansas. A total of four dioceses okay. split up into four. Okay. How ma- how many predators do you think that they were able to uh, to identify uh, in this in this investigation? Four years of investigating. Five million. <laughs> That's you're very close. 188. Ooh. Okay. That that is not a small no, number. That's not oh. for a, for such a small area. Like I'm, I was, I was kind of surprised to learn that they had 188 people working in the Catholic Church, uh, <laughs> in four dioceses, but they have plenty more than that. Anyway, Holy shit. yeah. Um. So they identified 400 victims of sexual abuse within these archdioceses since 1950. Now here's the, here's the thing that is just perfect because this is always how it goes. They, there have been no arrests uh, or, or even uh, charges made based on this report. And the, and that is largely because a lot, because most of them are past the uh, statute of limitations. Of course. Yeah. But what that probably means, what that says to me, and I have not looked deep into this. I don't know the legalities of it, blah, blah, blah. I don't think they looked at current stuff oh. or not enough. Hmm. I think they found a bunch. I mean, for one thing, you know, they're interviewing victims. All of these victims have grown up. They've dealt with it. You know what I mean? Like eight-year-olds tend not to come forward. Twelve-year-olds right. tend not to come forward. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when yeah. they do, there's... A, there are so many layers of problem that mm-hmm. happen. You know, the parents don't want the church to get in trouble. So they, you know, they keep it under wraps or they, you know, they don't go to the police. They go to the, you know, the bishop and they say, well, this priest may have done this thing. And then the bishop does the classic, you know, priest shuffle where they just take them, you know, take them out of that parish and shuffle them into another parish or mm-hmm. whatever. And they found just 
copious evidence of this happening constantly all over the place. So I, you know, I briefly looked over the, uh, the, the document that the, uh, the, it on the Kansas government website and it's, it's astounding. It Mm. is not. And, and of course, you know, what, one of the things that they found was that when the Catholic church as you know, in their own internal documents, they're using phrases like it's all euphemism. So Mm. of course they never say abuse or rape or whatever they talk they use phrases like inappropriate contract contact or this priest had boundary issues <laughs> what that's the and euphemism that's, that's yeah or, or wow. frequently uh known child abusers were sometimes this is a quote from the document known child abusers were sometimes referred to as having alcohol problems oh wow yeah they would yeah, they would talk wow. about priests retiring as opposed to getting kicked out or, yeah, going mm. on sick leave or health leave when they were, yeah, it's, the cover-up has been massive. And this just goes back to the 50s. Right. But the cover-up, the, uh, you know, none of this stuff was ever made it into civil courts. None of these no, people, no. none of these priests were ever held to any kind of account. Yeah. Which you and I are going to talk about uh, later on in the show. Right. Um, accountability for sins. Yeah. But this is, it is, it is unconscionable. And I should have done like a trigger warning or something before I dove into this. But it is, uh, the way that the the Catholic Church and other churches too, like the Catholics are kind of the lightning rod right now because they were especially egregious uh, at this. But, you know, the Baptists have been trying to, to be better about reporting and stuff, and mostly they've just done window dressing. They have not yeah. really taken genuine steps. It's, 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 it's not good. And again, this is the <sighs> same thing about, like, you know, these are, these are people in a particular pow- place of trust. Yeah. They are given uh, power over people that, that makes them that makes people extra vulnerable to them, especially children. Yeah. They should be not only charged with crimes, but extra. There should they they should be held extra accountable Agreed. for this sort of thing. Yeah. And instead they just uh get away they with skate. it. Yeah. Blah. All right. That's really awful. Um well Dan. Yes. Uh the US Supreme Court. Uh these are just always just great stories lately. Uh, they have decided to take up a case to hear a case involving a Christian postal workers claim that the USPS, the, uh, the United States Postal Service, did not accommodate his need to have Sundays off so he could go to church. Mm. Um, and when he was first hired, because he worked for the, for the postal service between, uh, 2012 and 2019, when he was first hired, this wasn't an issue. Um, the postal service wasn't doing Sunday deliveries back then, but it, starting in 2015, they contracted with Amazon to deliver Amazon packages on sun, including on Sundays. I did not realize this. Yeah, they did. I don't think it's, I don't. I suspect it's not 
um, an ongoing thing just because there's all those Amazon trucks now. But um, I would assume Amazon's just handling that stuff now uh, themselves. But um, he had requested when this came up uh, for an accommodation and his managers were able to accommodate it um, Mm. at the time. Uh, They arranged for, you know, other workers uh, to deliver packages on Sundays instead of him. Time passed. uh, A few years went by and they could no longer accommodate that anymore they just they needed they needed somebody to work on sunday and they knew it's gonna have to be him um so he resigned and after resigning he sued the post office uh for failing to accommodate the request and a federal judge uh ruled that the postal service had provided a reasonable accommodation and the offering anything more than that would cause undue hardship to the employer and to his coworkers, right? Right. This is this is so key. I love this about you know Christians who need Sunday off. Right. They're fine with somebody else working on Sunday. Right. Um, and then uh, the Philadelphia-based uh, Third U.S. Court, uh, or I'm sorry, the Third U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals agreed uh, with that with that with that prior uh, ruling in when they heard it right. um, in. Uh, 2022 uh well so all all of that is correct and uh those courts are correct are are right yeah but we but it's just it's uh yeah but the postal worker his name is gerald groff and uh he's asking the supreme court to reassess what constitutes undue hardship now apparently this this goes back to a 1977 supreme court ruling called Transworld Airlines versus Hardison that sort of established the current understanding of what undue hardship under federal employment law would be, right? Right. When asking for an accommodation of this kind. Um, He is essentially asking the Supreme Court to shift the burden of the hardship from the employer and coworkers to the single employee making the request. And who knows how this is going to go, considering the current makeup of the court. It was a conservative court back in 2022, but it's become yeah, but a more conservative. Conservative is one thing. Uh, crazy. <laughs> and, and like bald-faced Christian apologi- uh, yeah. apologist yeah. is another thing entirely. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it, this brings up a lot of issues. Because obviously, like... You want people to be able to seek accommodations, right? Um, you want people to be able to, you know, like we all have to get along, right? Yeah. And there has sure. to be some give and take. And that's what these accommodations are are, are generally about, right? Is right. that we live in a society. There are different people with different needs. We have to figure out how to balance them. Um, and his his work situation changed. I don't know if he was guaranteed he'd never have to work on a Sunday when he started working for the post office but that changed and yeah. now they needed someone and and it's kind of always my sense of these things it's like oh well you know like i mean you probably shouldn't be forced out of a job for something like that but that is ultimately your conscience your decision yeah that that's making you resign over something like that because you'd rather have your coworkers work in your place right yeah. Um, which is just, I, I, that just 
I love that. <laughs> right. Like I just absolutely, absolutely love that. I don't know. Like the whole Sunday off thing is a complicated one because I think we should all have a day off guaranteed every week. Right. But, but does how it have do you to be pick the it? same day every time? Well, that I guess that could be the, I mean, we should all have multiple days off every week if that's what we're talking about. No, I think yeah. it's nice. Like there are places in this world, fairly secular places in this world that have, that still do, you know, like Sunday closures for sure. generally for business, for shops. And it's, it, maybe it started it for religious reasons. I mean, it's clear they picked Sunday, but I think it's, a, I don't know, like a day when people have, generally people have time off together that's got to be a good thing right but we i mean i don't think we see it that, that way is in this true country. i mean that's already the case generally speaking most people work in, in in the united states work in office jobs or whatever or or work well, in jobs that, I, don't <laughs> I don't know if it's most a <laughs> lot of people a lot of people work in jobs where they get sundays off right where they Saturday I mean, why and the weekend Sunday. That's exists. the that's the tradition, right? You get Saturday and Sunday off. But but there are plenty of jobs that don't do that, and we need them. Well, we need essential services, right? Yeah. But do do you need the supermarket or the Gap, right? Open all day on Sunday, right? I don't think you well, do. I think maybe <laughs> supermarkets could open for limited hours. I know there are places in the world that do that. I think there is value in it. And I think from an Amer Americans just have this attitude of a, I want the convenience, my convenience of the store being open. I need to go buy some new jeans today. I don't care that it's Sunday, right? I want that. You just, you just articulated my perspective perfectly right which, that's who i am which is a you very, just described me which is very prevalent in this country right yeah but then yeah i i and just there are plenty of people who are willing to work on sundays but so there are plenty not? of people who would who that's the employment that's available to them and they'd rather not and wouldn't it be better for society right for people to generally have a day off a week to spend with their family, with their friends. Right. I don't know about that. I, I think, know. I think it's a, I think, I it's mean, a people should get a day off, but it, I, whether it has to be the, yeah. Anyway, I'll <laughs> look listeners. You can write in on this one. It, well, I just think it's really funny that we claim family values. So important in this country. Right. Right. And we don't do the bare minimum of trying to make sure that people have time with their families and the way to do that, it's hard to coordinate time, right? If you have commitments sure. over here on these days and you have commitments over there on those days, you, you, you don't match up, right? I'll tell you what you're doing right now, Frank. What's that? You're taking away a whole bunch of people's excuse for not having to deal with their family. <laughs> that is rude. I know this coming from me. This is choice, but like, <laughs> um, but I, I think what we can agree on is that uh, the reason for someone to get to to be accommodated to have Sundays off uh -huh. is not because Jesus. Correct. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, I I'm going to close this off with uh, with a little bit of a of of a, a terrible tragedy that has befallen the whole world, really, and that is 
the tragic death of one Cardinal George Pell. Oh, let the rending of the garments begin. And the gnashing of teeth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, literally let the band play. Thank God this guy is dead. No Fuck that kidding. guy. Yeah. What a, what a piece of shit. Uh, for those of you who don't remember, Cardinal Pell, a uh, Catholic cardinal from Australia who was convicted of, uh, I think it was, I think he was directly involved. He but molested, not, he, he was found guilty of molesting two boys, if I remember yeah. correctly. But then also covered up, you know, did the whole shuffle thing, covered up plenty of other molestation. Well, yeah, he'd be a hypocrite otherwise. Right? Then one, yeah, you, one must not be a hypocrite. Well, and, and also, you know, there's, there is the value of, uh, of serving your fellow man mm. in the sense of like, you know, helping other priests get away with awful things. <laughs> oh, uh, anywho, uh, he was convicted. Then his conviction was overturned by, uh, by other Supreme court ding dongs. Yeah. Like the, the Australian Supreme court ding dongs. I believe the victims in this case, uh, anywho, he, it turns out that, um, his death has led to another interesting revelation Oh, uh, that I wanted to get into, which is that a memo that has been circulating around in the Vatican for a little bit has been revealed to have been written by Cardinal Pell. Okay. Now, this, it was originally signed under a pseudonym, Demos, D-E-M-O-S, which, you know, I looked up what that means. It's, and I think ironically and you'll get to oh, i'll get to why this is ironic uh that it refers to a uh, a greek idea of sort of the people being in charge oh okay um the reason that that's ironic is because one of the things that this memo decries one of the things that this memo is outraged by the the whole memo by the way is just shitting on uh Pope Francis. It is it is just a giant dump really? that he took directly on Pope Francis. Oh wow. And one of his one of the grand sins that Francis committed that he is disgusted by. And what and and let me just say that like literally the words that he used were things like disaster and catastrophe. Hmm. These these are the words that he was putting in there. What he was furious about was that uh, Francis is actually asking the laity what's important to them. Oh, okay. Actually asking, you know, Catholics what they, what they think the Catholic church should believe and hmm. should do and how they should act. Hmm. Okay. Not necessarily even acting on it, but just asking the laity, just canvassing for information about how people are feeling. And uh, and Cardinal Pell described this as a quote toxic nightmare. <laughs> Who cares what they think? Yeah. We tell them what to think. This is a top down organization. <laughs> what we, what's next? We're not supposed to protect the uh, the pedophiles. Come on. <laughs> well, that's what he's afraid of. Yeah, get the people that's in the charge. That's the toxic nightmare that he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's literally, uh, he's, 
he's just mad about, he is mad about the insertion into the dialogue. This is, this is a quote, uh, deepening confusion, the attack on traditional morals and the insertion into the dialogue of neo-Marxist jargon about, are you ready? Mm -mm. This is, this is what Pell is so furious about that he's penning pseudonymous, uh, memos. (laughs) The jargon about exclusion, alienation, identity, marginalization, the voiceless, LGBTQ, as well as the displacement of Christian notions of forgiveness, sin, sacrifice, healing, and redemption. Wow. Literally, he's mad that the church might take into account alienation, exclusion, and voicelessness. This is what has pissed him off so much. Like I said. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Poor, poor Colonel Pell. Well, I agree with the Australian government uh, <laughs> that he does not deserve a state funeral. Right. Which I thought was like just the best fuck you. Of like, I guess it was both Victoria and New South Wales uh, were just like where he had spent both in both places he had spent big chunks of his of his career right. uh, and so there was some expectation well, normally somebody in that position i guess in australia um they would throw a, a state funeral for which right isn't that doesn't really happen for in the united states um it's usually leaders but i guess this like is a tradition leaders. there political leaders yeah. yeah uh it's a tradition there to do this and um and so <laughs> but they're both just like no, nah, no, nah, we're good. Um, yeah, and I, it's all right. And I guess the, the, their national government has sort of been largely silent on, on the topic of just like, mm, yeah, no, we, you, we want to avoid this. Do you guys this. want to do big honors for uh, a pedophile? Anybody? Anybody looking to, yeah. to lay him in state? No? Come on. Okay. Look, I mean, they should throw a state funeral that's a state celebration. Right. Right. Like get out the marching bands. Yeah. Um, Ding dong. The witch is dead. Yeah. Play that at his funeral. Yeah. At his not funeral, whatever this is. Yeah. They should just be celebrating in the streets. Oh my God. Literally such a bad person. And, and so baldly. So yeah. And so like, as soon as like he, he was like the higher court overturned the lower courts thing. Didn't he just like, I'm out of here and spent the rest of his life at the Vatican. Like, Oh yeah. Where nobody could touch him. Right. If anybody decided, if anybody else decided to come forward, he was untouchable. Right. It's just amazing. Like how, how do you not see it? When literally your complaint about the Catholic church, about your church, is that they're speaking up for the voiceless and they're worried about exclusion and they're worried about alienation. (laughs) How do you not know that you're the bad guy (laughs) in that moment? You know that you're, that it's a church, right? Anyway, there you go. Uh, If you friends at at home have anything to say about this or any of our, uh, our topics today, please feel free to write into us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com or call and leave us a voicemail message we'd love to hear from you the telephone number is 424-666-8442 
Stick around. There's more show coming up. Well, Frank, Dan, the uh, Jesus, you may have heard of him, kind of a famous <laughs> cat. Fortunately, uh, Jesus said that the meek shall inherit the earth. Mm. Um, yeah. And Jesus had a lot of wacky ideas. Let's just put it that way. You know, he also <laughs> said, be easier for a, a camel to go through the eye of a needle. That does not mean a door in Jerusalem, by mm. the way. Oh, really? uh, than it would for a rich man to get into heaven. But I, here's the thing. Pastor Lance Wallnow, you and I have uh, have talked about him. He's a, a great MAGA patriot uh, here in these United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He knows who's really going to save us. And, uh, oh, and he's got a prayer thank about it. I'm glad so, he, somebody finally knows. So let's, like, yeah, let's, let's listen in. On, on Lance's little baby, little prayer to God. <laughs> Lord, we pray for Elon and we pray for Donald. And I pray that you'll complete that with a third billionaire. Lord, we need one more bad boy billionaire raised up. We got Elon. I pray you save him and, and give him Christians around him. Babylon B, have, the, have those guys talk to him. That'll really get his heart and mind engaged and infatuated with the radical Jesus. Let Donald Trump... Lord, he's prayed the sinner's prayer, but I don't think he ever got filled with the Holy Ghost. I pray he needs to have a Pentecostal encounter, Lord. I don't want to hear this. I don't want to have the smell of smoke on him for the next two or three years. We want him to be supernaturally sanctified by the power of God. Save him. Fill him, Lord God. Do it in his sleep if you have to. My God. We just, we need billionaires, Frank. Clearly, It's the yeah. billionaires that'll <laughs> save us. Also, did you catch now Elon's on their list? <laughs> oh, he's their favorite now because he's the but... champion of free speech only for them and not for anybody. Oh, wait, I'm going to reinstate you. No, I'm going to take you back. Wait, I just. Yeah, he's the worst champion they could possibly have. But yeah. boy, are they hanging on to him with all their might. <laughs> did you catch that? He that he called out the people of the Babylon Bee no. to be to surround Elon, what is that? It's a fucking parody. It's a conservative parody news site. They tried to be the Onion, oh. but for like conservative Christians. Okay, it's bad satire. It's not well done. But why would you call on satirists to be the ones who are going to like inspire, you know, worthiness and and goodness i don't get it like what he, he probably thinks it's real he probably does he probably doesn't understand that it's i mean it, yeah anyway I don't literally wanna. they're like w when you google it their their chiron says babylon b fake news you can trust <laughs> i'm 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 astounded i'm astounded that's uh, I, yeah oh. but there you go well, we had uh, we had some good listeners write into us and call into us. Uh, let's start with Alex, who wrote in to say, Hi, Frank and Dan, longtime listener from Over the Pond in the UK. Hmm. On the topic of the drag shows, drag story hours and the protests, I was wondering if the US has any pantomimes in the UK manner. This is a family theater show, traditionally around the Christmas period, covering stories 
such as Cinderella, Aladdin, and others. The core part of the show is that the lead male role is played by a woman, and every show includes a, quote, dame, which is a man in drag. Hmm. Uh, these shows hmm. are viewed as Christmas tradition by the majority of UK families, but I feel like in the US, this wouldn't be accepted by a large proportion and would frankly blow their minds uh, <laughs> that this is viewed as normal in UK families. Hmm. Here's the thing. Um, I've never actually been able to see uh, live and in person a UK pantomime. I've always kind of wanted to. Hmm. I've never been there during, uh, during Christmas time. But I've seen like representations of it. I've seen them on TV or whatever, on on films or whatever. And it just looks so dumb. I just, <laughs> it's the same every year. I don't know. They love it. It's beloved. And I think, great, go for it. But you're right. But it's not the same as drag. Mm. Um, because it's 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 yeah, it's a different tradition. I I think. You might, I'm recalling like back when Rudy Giuliani dressed up as a woman, as a joke. Mm. It used and to I be a thing, right? And it's, and it's not, yeah, that not, has for a long time. I think less so now. I think now that drag, like real drag is mainstream Yeah, uh, in the way that it is, I don't think like conservative straight people will do it anymore but they used to it used to be a thing hmm. there's a very interesting um there's a gin that's that's made here in utah that is named after uh it's called madame paterini mm, right and it is named do you know the story behind this brigham young's son used to perform in drag as madame paterini this is the the mormons second the <laughs> The David Miscavige of the Mormons. Um, <laughs> if that means anything to you. Yeah. Go, it's, yeah, he was a hateful son of a bitch. But there you go. He was their second uh, prophet, seer, and revelator. Anyway, yeah, it. I think pantomimes would definitely not fly in the U.S. now, is what we're getting at. Hmm. Uh, but, you know, who knows? Who knows? Let's. Uh, let, we, we've got some voicemails, do we not? We do indeed. Uh, Dan, uh, this, uh, first one I'd like to play is from river, uh, who has called in before and they have an idea about why women might stay in religion. This is in response to something we were talking about, I think last week. Okay. Hey guys, it's river from Texas. I was listening to episode 579 and you were talking about some apparent anomalies in the patterns of people who were uh, not attending church services as often as they were. I believe it's specifically Mormon church services. As a person who grew up in the Mormon church, uh, I thought I'd add my hypothesis to the conversation. He thought it was interesting that women were not leaving as much as men or men were leaving more than women. And my hypothesis on that is women are in my to my experience more directly and insistently told to shackle their identities to the church um you're not supposed to go to school unless it's to find a husband and you're not you're supposed to be a mother and a homemaker above all else uh your gender role is your entire world 
And I don't think that's true for men. And then the other one was about the more educated you are, the less likely you were to leave. And I think that's two things. One, habit. And two, my understanding of places like Utah and Idaho is that if you have a professional job, you need to be connected to people through the Mormon church in those areas. But I could be wrong since I've never lived there. Anyways, love the show. Talk to you soon. You know, that second point's not a bad point. I, we can get to the first point, but I will say that uh, I I know plenty of people who are non-Mormons who do business in, in mm-hmm. Utah and yeah. do fine. Yeah. But there's a pipeline there. Like, there's a little wink and a nod between garment-wearing Mormons uh, here in, in Utah and, and in, in Mormon-heavy places where you get that extra little bit of, uh, of credit or, or trust or whatever. I like, think, yeah, I think in, in the context of making, like, business deals and making business connections, you're probably right. I think yeah. it used to be that in the workplace itself as sort of a, you know, white-collar worker – that you were passed over for like promotions and whatnot. Not yeah. if, if you weren't Mormon and I, my understand, I don't really exist in that world. My understanding is it's a lot better than it used to be. And yes. that there are definitely probably little corners of Utah business life. That's still a little that way. Definitely price certain companies, but that by and large, you can come to Utah and get a job and expect to advance as long as you're, you know, competent, especially in Salt Lake, especially in Salt Lake, for sure. Maybe if you go into some more rural areas, there's like, well, he doesn't go to church, so we don't know who he is, (laughs) which is not unlike a lot of parts of the U.S. with uh, whatever predominant religion there is. Yeah, right. I think, though, this idea that like women are, uh, I think River says (laughs) shackled to their gender identity um, to their is is an interesting one. In because it's where, you know, like, I think they're right that like women are told to go to school to not to get an education, right? In Mormonism. Right. It's that's where the men are. It's only a half (laughs) joke. Yeah. That women go to BYU to get their MRS. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like. Misses. That's a, there's a memory. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Dan. So I, I think there's something there. You know, yeah. that, that's an interesting point of view. Yeah, um, not wrong. Yeah. Uh, Jenny wrote into us uh, to say, hi, Frank and Dan. I was just listening to the episode about superstitions. I'm a registered nurse oh. and I spent eight years as an operating room nurse in East Tennessee. Oh, wow. Most hospitals in the U.S. don't have a 13th operating room and it's co- <laughs> a common joke to page new staff to OR 13 stat. Oh, my God. That's funny. Classic. Yeah. It's a classic uh, <laughs> prank. Oh, the shenanigans and the in the <laughs> ORs. Also, there are many phrases that you can't say that you, quote, can't say on the surgical floor. A few of these are, boy, it sure is calm today. Oh. Or <laughs> sure. The, the board, which is the schedule, doesn't look too bad today. Or I might actually get, get to leave on time today. Right. To utter a phrase like this out loud is to invoke swears and glares from your coworkers. <laughs> also, 
full moons are a big deal. People will oh. swear up and down that all the crazy shit happens in the hospital during a full moon. Right. I'm talking crazy patients, crazy emergency surgeries, bizarre problems, etc. As an atheist skeptic, I don't believe any of this. Sometimes I found it fun to join in the crazy talk, and other times I just had to roll my eyes and let them have their fun. Yeah. But people seem to enjoy their superstitions. Yeah. That one Boy, about sort of like, you know, um, sort of crazy patients. That's an old one. I mean, the oh, word yeah. lunatic, right? References the moon. Yeah. Luna, right? Yeah. Like, like the idea that like people, people who are convinced to this day, you worked at a bar. Mm -hmm. Did people talk about uh, crazy people? Uh, did, did you have any superstitious, uh, full moon people? Not there? so much. Ours tended to be when Mercury was in retrograde. Oh yeah. That was the course. one that that's always a, That's a terrifying up. time. <laughs> oh, no, if, a, if any ice maker or anything broke down, I would always go to this one particular coworker and be like, <laughs> can you, so is Mercury in retrograde? Do you know? Cause the ice machine just broke and I need to know. Like I would do the reverse, right? Like I would, and I'm sure he hated me. Right? Where is Mer Mercury right now? <laughs> what is it doing? Backwards or forwards? What's happening? <laughs> oh, oh, so silly. Lord. So silly. Uh, we have another voicemail. We do. Um, this is, um, oh my God. I love this story. Taylor called in and to tell us about an experience on a cruise. Okay. Uh, it's kind of related to something that, uh, to another caller from last week. Okay. Hi, Dan and Frank. This is Taylor from Tampa, and I was listening to your episode called Superstitions, and I had such a laugh at the person on the airplane who had the conversation about the Seidel book, um, and because something similar happened to me. Um, in December of this past year, 2022, my family and I were on a cruise, and we were at sea, so I had staked out some lawn chairs by the pool and I was lying there all day with my partner and our kids and a couple sat down next to me while I was reading the book of the day which was Outbreak a Crisis of Faith by No Illusions and they took a look at my book they asked me some questions we proceeded to have a wonderful conversation all day um, now if you've been on a cruise you know that the real estate around the pool is prime real estate and people have been circling looking for seats for hours so when this couple finally left and another couple sat down I figured they'd be there for a while the wife leaned over asked me about my book I handed it to her she looked at the back looked at the front looked at me handed it back she smiled she said have a great day and she and her husband picked up their stuff immediately and left I can only assume it's because they read the blurb on the back of Outbreak, A Crisis of Faith, realized that the cross on the front of the book wasn't in support of their religious ideals, but actually in opposition to it, and decided to get the hell out of my company. To that, I say, good riddance to bad rubbish. Maybe we should all carry around books that signify our values and beliefs so that we can ward off the rubbish. Have a great day. <laughs> Oh my God, that's perfect. I love it. I <laughs> like we, Frank, somehow we need to start uh, a, some sort of merch store mm. that will give people items that can be, uh, that can ward off 
annoying conversations. <laughs> if it is powerful uh-huh. enough to get people to give up chairs at the at poolside, mm. there's a power here that we are not <laughs> utilizing properly. <laughs> I mean, they wow. can they could easily do almost the same in reverse. Just become super super Christiany next to yeah. me, and I'm gonna get. A little one, but away. that's the thing. They've been wielding that power for yeah, no, that's centuries. True. That's true. We could be wielding our power. <laughs> we could be scaring the shit out of them. <laughs> Listen, somebody comes up next to you that doesn't look like a savory type. Doesn't look like the kind of person you want to be sitting next to. Mm-hmm. Toss him a quick hail Satan and see what happens. <laughs> you might you might get out of it. All right, oh, that's wonderful. It. What a so funny, funny what a funny thing. So good. And congratulations to Noah for getting your book into some hands. Great yeah. job. All right. Um, this is from Jordy. Hi, Frank and Dan. This is Jordy from Barcelona. I've been listening to your podcast for some time, and I think it's great. I'm almost 60 now and was born and raised in the Francoist national Catholicism, hmm. where everyone was devout and no marriage nor funeral took place uh, uh, ever took place unless presided by a priest. Hmm. But when the dictator died and faith was not compulsory, nor the right thing to do anymore, a completely different reality emerged here in Catalonia. Now, now only 10% of marriages take place in a church, and I don't recall attending a single baptism for the last 30 years. Hmm. Here, nobody cares if you're an atheist or any politician is. When I listen to your podcast and remember how things were, I can't help wondering if lots of people there in the United States are just pretending to be Christian. <laughs> on the one hand, there's a ton of eye-opening, logical, science-based content on the internet capable of undermining any faith in a matter of months. On the other, there's a huge social pressure where you can f- be fired, shunned uh, in many places uh, if you're not a believer, or you'll lose your income if you're a priest. Mm. Put it all together, and I'd say everyone know everyone knows the truth, weighs the pros and cons of going out of the closet <laughs> as an atheist, and just keeps on pretending, even mm. when answering to polls. Uh, there are some studies, for example, those related to the use of pornography, that prove faithful people are likely to do the opposite uh, to what they preach. Pretending allows you to run for office and keep a nice social network. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, Jordy says, I've never been to the U.S., and this is just a hunch. Hmm. I don't know, man. A, well, I've, a I've, lot of people are pretending. That's for sure. Yo, clearly. And I I, I think with politicians, uh, I, I would love to know the real numbers. Oh, right? yeah. Because, oh, like, yeah. you, you don a persona to get elected and definitely, in, well, anywhere. You're, 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 you're being, you're playing up. The parts of you that are going to appeal in your district, right? Yeah, religion is a is a is a convenience mm-hmm. for or yeah for a lot of politicians for most yeah. yeah. And so, though I have no problem believing that plenty of politicians are also true believers. Oh, I, uh, I'm sure there are plenty. Yeah, for sure. So there like you there, go. There are people that I genuinely believe, like like a Joe Biden. Yeah, I believe I believe that he is genuinely sincere about his his catholicism it serves him no political purpose to be that demonstratively catholic i agree i agree Um, and i've actually heard stories about when he was in the senate and uh i'm friends with uh the some kids of a a former utah senator who mm. used to who used to have 
friendly banter with Joe hmm. uh, about religion. Hmm. So yeah, yeah. It's uh, I'll tell you, it's uh, it's it's impossible to know how many people truly believe. And here's the other thing: people can truly believe, like in in the concept of their religion. Mm-hmm. And still abandon the uh, the specific precepts, and we may end up actually talking about that next week on the show. Mm. Um, but but they, like, there's good data to show that, like, for instance, Catholics who you know the Catholic Church is adamant that you can't you know against the gays, but the Catholic laity is is fine with gay marriage. Ninety mm. um, some percent of Catholics. Have used condoms, even though that goes directly. Uh, that's U.S. Catholics, right? Even right. though it goes dire- directly against their the dogma, right? I think so. I think it's not. It's not that uh, that they don't believe. It's that when it comes in contact contact with like their actual lives, what's convenient is more important. Yeah, probably so. I don't know. Anyway, there you go. Do we have some folks to thank? We do indeed, Dan. We have two new patrons on Patreon. Uh, we have Todd, uh, who's a, a, a deacon uh, mm. now. Uh, yes. He bought thank his you. way into the priesthood. Very well done. Well done. Uh, and thank you. And we have a new priest uh, by the name of Anthony. Um, Amazing. So thank you to the both of you. If you'd like to join them in supporting the show, you can do so. Please go to our website, thankgodimatheist.com, and click on the support tab. Uh, off on the far right, there's a little thing that'll get you over to Patreon, or there's um, some options to uh, um, support. Do a one-time on, donation or a monthly donation or something like on that. On PayPal. Yep. And as always, Dan, we have our top donor to thank, our Lord and Savior, Davis. More show coming up. Dan. Yes, sir. So I did something this week that I, I hate to admit that I don't normally do, um, which is I, re- I listened to last week's episode. You listened to our show. I listened to our show. <laughs> I should probably be doing it as part of just like a review, right? Mm. Just to like, make sure that it, it that everything that, that we don't come off as complete idiots. Right. You know, I would um, listen, but I'm just not a fan. <laughs> Uh, um, but something really caught my attention and I, I spent some time thinking about it, um, because we were, we were dancing around something that all of a sudden a light bulb went off in my head, um, while listening to us, like just skirting these, this idea that I had. And now this is in reference to a story that was actually trigger warned, about uh so some of you may not have actually listened to it so without going into the details that would require a trigger (laughs) that would require a second warning thank you um it it was a story having to do with a really heinous sex crime Mm. and i the this guy's um pre-sentencing uh and he says something to the effect of that he had accepted Jesus 
and um, he knew that Jesus had forgiven him. That's what it was. And that he hoped that he didn't say this exactly like this, but that his victims who hadn't already accepted Jesus would also accept Jesus and that so that they could be saved as well. And yeah. I, and, it, and that was the gist of the story that like, that was the part of it that like infuriated me. And it was the reason for bringing it up. And so we, you and I, we spent some time talking about the idea of for Jesus being this font of forgiveness, right? Right. That you go to Jesus for forgiveness and that that's, that that's actually wrong because Jesus wasn't, he doesn't represent the victim, right? Right. How, how dare he give forgiveness for something that he's not the representative of because, and this is what we didn't say. Jesus died for quote unquote, our sins, right? Right. He didn't, he didn't die. He didn't take upon the suffering, at least not in any kind of Christianity I've ever heard of. Um, especially not more the way it's taught in Mormonism. He did not take on the pain of the victims of, of those sinned against of those sinned against. And so there, if you push it just a little bit further, how dare he misrepresent, right? Yeah. Forgiveness because the person who's going to Jesus for forgiveness is I guess they're admitting that they did something wrong, but the transgression that they're admitting to is against God. Yeah. It's not a transgression against their fellow man. Right. Right. They've yeah. broken they, a law They're asking of God, God, forgive me for my sins. Right. Well, guess what? That's not who, that's not who you need to go to. Right. And you said you did a bunch of research. I did a, a quick cursory look yeah. for uh, for scripture about how to apologize. Yeah. Or how to make amends with the person that you actually fucked. Right. And what did you find, Dan? It's not there. <laughs> Literally, the scriptures are like I... Like, you know, so now I've got, I'm on openbible.info. Yeah. And I, and it says, you know, I put in apologizing and it's 66 Bible verses about apologizing. Yeah. But they're They're not about apologizing. the, The first one, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. But it's your, right. Okay. Not much. Not much there. Uh, you could you if if that was like the weakest of the statements about po- apologizing, you could be like, oh, okay, this is about apologizing, right? But I but, I suspect that's that. the strongest of the of the biblical verses about apologizing. The rest of it is about forgiving, mm. and that you've skipped an important step there. Yeah, be kind to one one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another mm-hmm. as God in Christ forgave you. Yeah. Um, no, you don't owe anyone forgiveness. Oh, but forgiveness is required of Christians. It is required. Right? Like it is, you are required to forgive the trespasses of others. Right? Right. Like you, that's, you, that's in, that's in the, uh, the, the, the Lord's prayer. Yeah, that's right. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Right. 
but nowhere in there is there's no, there's no instruction on how to actually seek forgiveness. Right. There, right. There's nothing in there. The, 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 the Bible and Christianity at large is silent on the topic. And it's, and because of that, I, I don't know, like it just, it seems to me that Christianity is shifts all of the responsibility for anything that you've done wrong over to Jesus. Right. Or over to like the, the victim, it's the responsibility of the victim oh, to forgive. Sure. Right. Not the responsibility of the perpetrator. Right. To make amends. Yeah. I said that wrong. It's your responsibility though, to go to Jesus. Yes. Right. And so you, it, it, it yeah, it doesn't, I, I, I'm, I'm coming up short on this idea of like, of ever hearing this properly taught growing up. No. Right. Like, like I don't like, and, and I have to admit that like, I have felt at times in my life, especially, you know, years ago, it's sort of a deficit on this topic, right? Mm. That I didn't understand it. And, and, and I, and I did not understand it. And really? as I was starting to understand the idea of forgiveness and what it, what it really is. Right. Um, boy, I had some hangups, right? Mm. I had the hangup of, no, you have to forgive. If somebody comes to you and asks you for an apology, you have to forgive. Yeah. Right. If you, someone says, I'm sorry, or even you know, a lot of people will even take it the step further. And like, if, even if the person hasn't apologized, has done nothing to make amends, you have to forgive. Yeah. And here's the thing. I think that there's actually some health and some healing. If you can find it in you to let go of resentment, to let go sure. of, uh, yeah. of anger and all of that sort but of thing. But I don't know if, if that requires forgiveness. No, I, I mean, if, look, if a person is unpenitent, if a person cannot find within them the wherewithal to, to ask for forgiveness, mm -hmm. to relate, like, because let, look, I'm, I want to go over my view. And this is not, there's no, this is just Dan's personal opinion. And I, I want to hear your opinion on what truly asking for forgiveness requires mm. because for me if you want to if you want to apologize if i want to apologize this is the standard to which i hold myself and i and and also i kind of hold other people who are apologizing to me to the standard as well mm. if if it's a real apology that person needs to be able to articulate why it was wrong mm -hmm. what they did right how it that they need to articulate that they understand why it affected the other person negatively. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and that they understand the, the, the potency of that. Um, I think they need to be able to articulate all those things and then commit to uh, endeavoring not to do it again. Right. Yeah. And if all of those things feel sincerely in place, I am very quick to forgive. Hmm. That's good. That's just me. Yeah. I don't require it of other people. I don't think that it's, uh, that it's, uh, necessary to, to be a forgiving person. Mm. Um, I, for my, for my own peace, I, uh, I, I tend to be very quick to forgive. Mm. Um, 
but but that but if I don't sense that those pieces are in place, I don't I'm I'm going to be suspicious yeah. of an apology. Yeah, I think I need um I need to understand. I don't know that I need to hear it articulated the way that I want to hear it articulated, but I need to understand that that this runs a little bit more deep than they know they're in trouble. Right. right. Or that they're, 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 I'm they're sorry, sorry for mad. the consequences. Right. I'm, I'm sorry that you're angry. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, for me, Dan, I need tears. <laughs> I, 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 I want the person sobbing the messier, the better. I'm going to need a grovel. I'm going to need, I'm going to need <laughs> on your, you're knees. not even on your knees right now. Are you serious? Are you even trying? <laughs> I'm going to need some gravel here. Uh, no, of course not. But like, <laughs> but like, um, yeah, like you, you need some sense of, that there's some sincerity yeah. and, uh, and, and, and some and, attempt to like be in your shoes to like sort of understand why your perspective mm-hmm. on this. Well, it cannot, it cannot just come from their own perspective. Right. A big part for me is the rectifying uh, and making sure that it, 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 it doesn't happen again. Mm. Right. That, that an understanding that like, you know, maybe I'm a jerk, right. But I'm working on it. Right. right. And I'm, I, I, I'm trying not to be right. Something, and along, none of this, something along is, those lines. None of this is modeled by Jesus. No. Taking your sins on him. No, no. It's such, it's such a, it's, it's so fucking backwards. It's, and it's such a cop out. It's such a, you, you, it's not that, you know, you're being left off, let, let off the hook too easily. Right. But you are right. Right. Christi- the, the Christian message uh, of forgiveness lets you off the hook. And I, yeah. I, this has to be, and I obviously I'm, this is a sort of a new lens that I'm going to be looking at a lot of things through, but it, it just seems to explain a lot of the ways in which Christian culture and Christian societies are fucked up. Yeah. Well, and it also shows us like, you know what you almost never see is Christian organizations and Christian like leaders actually apologizing. You almost never see it. Every right. now and then you'll see it. Right. You know, tearful Jerry Falwell or but whatever. He, no. But the, Teary he, Jerry he, Fal, Wolf, Falwell, sorry, blah, blah, blah. he was, it, that was forgive me, Lord. Yes. Right. Right. That, he, not forgive me, victims. <sighs> not I'm so sorry, I'm sorry person to, that I actually hurt. Or even did he apologize to the congregation for breaking their trust? Right. Yeah, Maybe. Did he? Maybe, I don't remember. I, I I would have to go back and review that, but like that's the clip you remember, right? Is forgive me, Lord. <laughs> the The Mormon Church has never apologized for anything. Yeah, that's true. They literally, I mean, and they they have some apologizing to do. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. the Mormon Church excluded and and really. Uh, did a number on people of color mm-hmm. for decades. Up until the 70s. 
for a for over a century. Mm-hmm. They are still like gay kids and trans kids are dying mm-hmm. here in Utah and Idaho and sort of surrounding states. Mm-hmm. And the Mormon Church changes policies to address these things. Never ever makes amends. Right. And the pa- no attempt at it whatsoever. And there's such matter of fact, the thought is anathema to them. Yeah. And admitting an organization on that issue, admitting that they were wrong and that they apologize, the power of that is huge. And they refuse yeah. to, 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 out of some fear of like admitting that they were wrong, that that would, that that, that, that would make people, uh, what, let, let, less, Less likely less trusting less in trusting, their inerrancy yeah, or something. Which who cares, right? Oh my god. Like this It is so infuriating. It costs you exactly breath. <laughs> it costs you words. Well But it also costs you like the emotional work. Exactly. And that's the thing yeah. that that Jesus didn't come to save people. Jesus was not the salvation of people. Jesus was the get out of work free card. What Jesus saved people from, apparently, Mm -hmm. was the emotional labor. Yeah. That's sick. It's sick! Because that That sicko, that sicko from last week, right, sitting in some jail cell, right, feeling feeling pretty blue about sitting in jail, right, Right. uh, somehow feels a little bit better now because Jesus forgave him. And he's fucking right about the theology. Oh, he's not wrong. Yeah. He hasn't misinterpreted it. <laughs> no, not at all. He's just, he gets to sit there and smugly go, well, Jesus forgave me. So, I, so I, it's the, the transaction is done. Yeah. I hope the rest of you get in heaven. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> it's, it's absurd. It's gross. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, we've been thinking about it the wrong way. I, I'm, maybe this has been obvious to a whole bunch of other people. Yeah, it'd be interesting. But it's shocking that it hasn't been obvious to me. I'm, I'm gra- glad that you pointed it out. Well, it wasn't obvious to me either, right? Yeah. And, and honestly, like, if this is something that is, like, somehow taught to other, you know, other Christian, you know, uh, faiths out there and people are like, what the fuck is wrong with these? Blame Mormonism. Just know that it was Mormonism, but I think it's broader than that. It has to be. I think it is. I've never, I think it is. I've never heard Christians dwell on, on this concept before. No. When all of the focus is on forgiveness and none of the focus is on, I mean, they talk about repentance yeah, but, but it's repenting to God. It's, repenting it's to not God. real yeah. repentance. Yeah. It's reading a bunch of scriptures or saying a bunch of whatever's, right? Yeah, it it yeah, exactly. Say say five our fathers and 10 Hail Marys and you're out of you're out right. of the woods. Or in the Mormon church you can't take sacrament for 2 months or something, right? Or like, whatever it is. Yeah. But it's never the right thing. Right. Yep. Oh my god. I this yeah, this blew my mind. We actually had a different segment planned, and then you brought this up, and I was like, fuck no, we're talking about this. Because I, I, my mind is blown. All right. Well, listen, uh, I'm guessing that some folks have, are going to have some thoughts. I, and I want to hear them. Yeah. I do, too. So please, if you do, uh, write into us, call into us, get, get, your, get your thoughts to us. 
the email address is podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or give us a call. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. We'd love to hear your voice. Yes. Uh, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGI Atheist. Click the like button. And if you'd like to join one of our members only lounges, you can do so. Go to our website, thankgodimatheist.com slash members only. Yes. Uh, thanks so much to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their beautiful music. And thanks to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And thanks to all of y'all for tuning in. We sure do appreciate you. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.